Alrighty, welcome back to the Welcome to the World of Sports podcast, everybody. I'm your boy, John Kolar. And I'm your co-host, Braxton Brown. And I ain't gonna lie, y'all, it's weeks like this where I really enjoy doing this podcast because it's a lot to unpack. So let's get into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you said, it's a lot to unpack. So today we're going to, you know, talk about the Super Bowl, give our reactions to it. Uh, we're also going to talk about a little NBA with the blockbuster trade of James Harden and Ben Simmons. That was like a highly anticipated trade. Um, we're also going to introduce a new segment to the show. We'll talk about that coming later. And, you know, we're going to end with the black spotlight. So without further ado, I think we're just going to dive into it. So this weekend was, you know, a big weekend in terms of things for football. And when I say that, I'm talking about the Super Bowl. I think this probably was the most, you know, amped up Super Bowl we've had in a while just because it was two teams that we don't normally see make it. It was, you know, a wild card team that was had a good chance of of winning. And then we had a super team on the other side that this team was constructed to win a Super Bowl. So I think that it was really um, matched up well. I think they really matched up well. And I think that um, personally for me, I think that it was a good, a good Super Bowl, you know, to watch. But as far as you, um, Braxton, what did you take away from the game? Um, so like you said, I feel as though this Super Bowl, it was amped up. Um, as far as the fact that it was so many storylines going into it, you know, you got the Odell situation, you got uh, Matthew Stafford, you know, you got the other side of the football where it's like the LSU boys trying to take over and wreak havoc. And it's just, it was just a lot of stories going into it. So I feel like everybody was excited for it. Um, but as far as the actual game, I feel like the game played out the way I thought it would. I felt as though people felt like the Rams would score a bunch of points, but usually teams that score a lot, the Super Bowl kind of slows them down. So I feel like the game kind of played at the pace that I feel like it would go. Uh, as far as the Bengals, I also felt like the game would go like this for them, but I did think they would pull it out in the end. Uh, I didn't expect... I expected a little bit more from Joe, but I do understand he got injured during the game. So I I kind of have a little sympathy for him in that situation. But I think all around, just I'm happy for the Rams, uh, happy for some of their players. And it was a good Super Bowl to watch. Yeah, um, just to kind of like piggyback off what you said, I kind of expected this to go that way. But then again, it was like um, I also expected the Bengals to pull it out. And if you look at the game um, at the beginning, the Bengals did a good job of holding up that um, vaunted defensive line that everybody was talking about over the week. Everybody was talking about Aaron Donald and Von Miller and all these other guys that were going to, you know, try kind of like terrorize this Bengals offensive line. And honestly, I can say this for the at least for the first half, they did a wonderful job of protecting Joe. It just really brought down into the second half. I, I, me personally, I think that the 
Bengals offensive line was gassed because they just couldn't they couldn't handle Donald no more. I think the Bengals ended the game with seven sacks, like seven sacks. And I think that most of these came from like the beginning. I mean, the second half, because at the beginning, like I said, at the beginning of the game, they did a good job of holding Aaron Donald, like limiting his, his, um, how would I say that? His production basically. And the thing about it is that, uh, like, I don't know, Joe was able to make some key throws in, in the first half. It just second half, he didn't have time to do anything. And I seen a, uh, like a, a picture floating around on the internet that uh, on that last play where Aaron Donald got pressure on Joe and he was forced to throw it away, Jamar Chase had actually beat Jalen Ramsey down the field for a wide-open touchdown, but he was unable to, to get it because Joe didn't have no time throwing the ball. Yeah, And so, yeah. I, I had seen a, a picture floating around, and as I was watching the game, uh, I was watching with a couple friends, and we was just sensing, like, Aaron Donald was smelling blood in the water because as the game kind of went on, it's like that offensive line was getting more tired and tired, as you said. And each play, you just seen him getting in the backfield, just making a play. So I feel like they held up as much as they could. But at the same time, this is one of the greatest defensive players we've ever seen. And he showed it. And in my opinion, I think the two big plays that he made at the end won him the MVP. But, you know, they gave it to Cooper Cup, and I'm not mad about that because he did have the game-winning drive where he made a lot of plays. But I just think as far as the game goes, it literally changed within that last couple minutes, you know, them getting in the backfield and stopping Joe. It really just changed. Like, you could sense it from the Rams. Yeah, and I heard – during the game, I heard the commentator say when um, Aaron Donald was – I can tell he was a little frustrated because things weren't going his way. And Joe actually broke the pocket and took all running. And Aaron Donald pushed him out of bounds. And so one of the Bengals offensive linemen, you know, they're going to come and try to, you know, come in defense of their quarterback. So they want them to go and they push Aaron Donald. And one of the commentators for the game was like, yeah, you don't want to do that. Don't poke the bear. And I think that right there was when Aaron Donald – woke up and was like, man, I'm about to take over this game. And yeah, it's and I seen I seen like in some videos that I've seen previously where he, like in different games, he kinda he kinda feeds off that negativity. Like if y'all bring it back to him, he gonna bring it back to you. So you definitely don't want to do that. But I just had to time in and say that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He's a bad man. I honestly I think that the MVP could have went either way. Because Cooper Cup did have a, a you know a good game, but Aaron Donald also contributed his part as well. So I really think that it could have went either way. But I ain't really mad about the fact that you know Cooper Cup got it because he deserves just as much as Aaron Donald does. But um, another thing that I noticed during the game is that uh, <laughs> that 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 lockdown corner. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I don't know. They triple about him a lot. I don't know, man. He had this postseason wasn't necessarily the best postseason that could have that he could have had, you know, because he got beat a lot this postseason. But like he said, you know, 
getting beat comes with the game. When you want to be the cor- when you're the best corner, you know people are gonna test you. So getting beat comes with the game. You just gotta keep keep your head down and keep and keep you know grinding. But I don't know, man. That boy got it. He low key got exposed this weekend. Um, except for that one call against T Higgins where he like grabbed his face mask. But other than that, I think Jamar routed him up pretty good. But uh, we don't go, we ain't got to speak on. That. <laughs> yeah, it was a good matchup. Uh, besides, the, yeah, besides that play where Jamar got the deep ball, um, I think he did pretty. We did pretty well, but some of it you you could tell like the receivers was getting to him. So I think, I think you know he if he didn't already respect Jamar Chase, which I'm sure he did, he respects him a hell of a lot more now. <laughs> so I think that was I think that was good to see, but um, I think that call where they pulled his face mask I think that was a big a big reason why the game was even as close as it was because if you really look at it I was I was kind of underwhelmed by the Bengals offensive production really the two scores well yeah the two scores that they got were off of big plays and stuff that in my opinion you know it's kind of like Stuff you're not supposed it's not supposed to happen. Like the first touchdown was the running back throwing the uh ball to I don't know who caught it, but I can't remember at this point. And then the second touchdown was the one where you know because it, it's controversial. So I think just based off that, you could tell it, it just wasn't their Super Bowl to win. In my yeah, yeah, it wasn't. But also, I kind of wish like towards the end of the Rams drive where they were going down the score. I kind of wish that the refs would have stayed out of it a little bit because, you know, things got chippy at the end. And if you're going to let them play, you know, physical the whole game, then don't start blowing your whistle and throwing flags towards the end when it's, you know, it's crunch time because that just – that really just defeats the purpose of you letting them play physical the whole game, you know. But um, other than that, uh, my – some more takeaways I had, you know, for, for the Super Bowl. Um, I'm happy OBJ got a ring, but I'm also sad that he got hurt because he was balling. I honestly don't know how that's going to work out as far as him getting a big contract, you know, next season. Because honestly, I think that if if he would have never got hurt, that dude was going to have he he might have been the Super Bowl MVP. I think, and that's another thing with him getting hurt that kind of made the game closer than what it was. Because think about it, before he got hurt, the Rams were almost kind of like running away with the game. And then he gets hurt. And and now, you know, the Bengals were able to keep it close. But I'm just interested to see, you know, what happens with him next. Will he receive that big contract? But I'm also glad for him because he deserved it. He's been through a lot throughout his career. And, you know, it's time that he got him around. Yeah, I was I was happy to see him get a, a ring, especially since considering how the game was going down and him getting injured. Um, as you said, I do think this will hurt him in the long run because it. I think he is a free agent at the end of this year, so it's it's gonna hurt him in the long run. But I think uh, the fact that he won, he'll at least feel validated in that. Um, because me personally, I don't believe the game would have even been close had he played the whole game. I mean, he was just breaking the game open. He had, he had already had I mean, he had about fifty two yards 
already. And so it was leading to be one of those big games for him, like he's been having during this whole postseason. So I just think I'm happy for him, but in the same sense, like you said, I'm 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 disappointed that, you know, all this hard work, all this dedication to what he was working for working towards and the criticism, you know, you want to prove people wrong in games like this and he didn't get that opportunity. And I just feel bad. Yeah. But I'm glad he's a champion, you know. I mean, at this point, that's something nobody can take from you. You're a champion, you know. And it ain't like he didn't contribute to the, to that Super Bowl win because, you know, like I said, he you know, he was balling before he got hurt. And so I just – I don't think the game would have been as close as we we seen it if he would have stayed healthy. But uh, also before – would you got something you want to say? Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna ask. I mean, I know this is a wild statement to make, but do you think that if he's if it goes down that he's torn another ACL, do you believe that this should be it for him? Maybe he should retire. I mean, he he will be going out on top, and you know you don't want to see your big stars turn into just average receivers. So, what do you think about that? Um, honestly. Do I well? They've already came out and said that most likely he's torn his ACL in the same leg that he tore before, and and which which is ironic because he tore it against the same team he tore, you know, against the he tore it against the first time. But as far as him retiring, do I think he should retire? No, because that he still has a lot to contribute to the game, in my opinion. Um. And I don't. I think that like him rehabbing his injury, he'll probably be able to you know expedite the process a little bit because he he's been through this before, so he knows what he has to do to get himself back right. Um, I just don't know how we can keep this dude healthy. Now that's that's the issue. If he can't stay healthy, then I would say go ahead and retire. But as if he's healthy. I think that he has so much more to contribute to the to this game of football. So I wouldn't want him to retire, but at the end of the day, you know, it's all up to him. But I if it was if I was making the decision and you know, this is kind of selfish of me, but I wouldn't want him to retire because I think that he has so much left to contribute to. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um I would hope that he didn't retire, but as as far as life is concerned, I could definitely understand it. I mean, he's about to have a child. You know, you don't want to go into your, I guess, retirement beat up. And, you know, he's already had surgeries. And now he's going out. I mean, if he did leave right now, he would leave as a champion. And no one could ever take that from him. So if he did, I would understand it. But I really hope he doesn't. And uh, like you said, he has a lot more football left in him. And, you know, I don't want to see league without Odell, so that's how I feel on that. Facts. And uh, one one more thing before we move away from, you know, uh, the Super Bowl. Uh, I seen this morning that um, the Super Bowl, they projected that they had like um, 101.2 million viewers this year up from last season of 92 million. So um, 
I think that two new teams being in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl was kind of beneficial for the league as well because, you know, more people are going to watch it with new teams. Everybody's tired of seeing Pat Mahomes and, you know, Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. So I think that, you know, this year with them having two new teams, it was also a big help for the league as far as, you know, viewership and, you know, bringing in money, so to say. Yeah, yeah, this one just felt – it just felt bigger. I mean, uh, like, we'll get into the halftime and stuff later, but, like, the stars were in the building. Like, it was many celebrities there, and I think a big part of that was due to the fact that it was in L.A. Uh, I think when you put something in L.A., it just makes it feel much bigger. I mean, uh, and then, like, you you could tell the NFL knew that, too. I mean, they had the the Rock coming out, introducing the, the Super Bowl and stuff. Like, they don't ever do nothing like that, so – I think it was just they they knew that this one was impactful and then the ratings showed that. So I'm I'm I was happy to watch this Super Bowl. It it just felt different. Yeah, it it was it was definitely definitely different. Um yeah, I, I think a lot of a lot of that has to do with it being in the, in Los Angeles and they knew that, you know, with it being in Los Angeles, the magnitude of it was going to be high. So I think that they did a good job of, you know, marketing and, you know, and, you know, I, a lot of things. So I just think that it, it's going to be hard to top this Super Bowl because a lot of things went well. A lot, you know, a lot of stars came out for for the game, as you said. So I think it'll be hard to top this one. But one more, and I said this earlier, but this is, you know, one rip, one more thing. Before we go into break, I got a question for you. What was your favorite commercial? Well, I won't say this was my favorite, but it did give me a laugh. And I know I shouldn't laugh at this, but there was a commercial. Uh, and the only reason I can't laugh is because I am a man of African-American descent. I'm black. But it was a commercial that I believe it was Samsung did uh, where – it was black people trying to take pictures and uh they when they tried to take a picture it was like they couldn't see themselves in, in other people's phones but then like they picked up a samsung and it was like oh i can see myself like it was weird i, I it was funny but I, at the same time i was like man you are you walking a thin line right here <laughs> yeah they actually aired that i can't believe they actually aired that i don't i don't remember seeing that one yeah if you pull it up you'll see it it was that is crazy i can't believe they actually aired that uh, but for me, I think my favorite had to be the Brian CGI commercial. Like the CGI in that commercial where he was talking to his younger self, that was – I don't think it could get no no better than that, son. That was like top tier in terms of commercials. The CGI in that commercial was just magnificent. It was literally like LeBron was sitting next to his his, his younger self and like giving them tips on, you know, what to th- what to prepare for coming to the league. I think that commercial was real dope. In my opinion, it was the best commercial.
All right, y'all. Welcome back to the Welcome to the World of Sports podcast. So if I told y'all that I didn't see this trade coming, I would be lying to y'all. Ben Simmons was traded for James Harden, and it was a couple more pieces put into play, but I'll get into that in a second. Uh, What was your biggest takeaway from this trade, and do you feel like both teams got what they wanted? Yeah, for sure. Um. I think that both teams got what they wanted. <laughs> um, I think that this trade is going to go well for both teams because I think that Jordan, I mean, I said Jordan, Harden and Embiid will, you know, they'll do good together. I think that they'll they'll coexist good together because, you know, Harden is, while he's a scorer, he's also an excellent passer. So Joel Embiid is going to get some good looks. Um, I think that, um, with Joel Embiid playing down low, Harden will be able to play a lot more ISO ball like he like he wants to do. You know, going back to his Houston days, so I think that'll be that'll be good. Um, as far as the Brooklyn Nets, I think that they'll go they're gonna coexist well together because Kyrie will be able to run the point again. Um, if I was them, I would put Ben Simmons down low on the block. You know, since he doesn't really have a jumper, well, we don't know that yet because. Who knows? Maybe Ben Simmons been working on his jumper the whole time he was out. You know, you never know. So, um, but if we going over off of previous, you know, things, I would put Ben Simmons down low on the block, um, just because he doesn't have that jumper and KD can score anywhere on the court. So that's not a problem. Um, I think that defensively, the Nets just got a whole lot better with Ben Simmons because, in, in my opinion he's he can be a defensive player of the year in this league um i think that ben simmons passing will help out the nets as well they'll be able to run um the break a lot more so i think it's a win-win for both of these teams um but in terms of which team got better significantly um, I would say I would have to go with the Nets just because of the firepower and what they got back from the trade in terms of Seth Curry and Andre Drummond. Um, I think that the Nets um, got better, a whole lot more better than what the 76ers got. And I actually watched the Nets game last night because Seth Curry and Andre Drummond um, played their first game with them. They played the Kings last night and Seth Curry looked real good last night with no Kyrie, and Andre Drummond had a, a pretty good game too. And did you see Ben Simmons in attendance last night? Because he was definitely in attendance at the uh, at the Nets game. We would have never seen that in Philly. What about you? What do you think um, about this trade? Yeah, so I totally agree with you in the fact that I think both teams uh, won in this trade. But I'm not gonna lie, your your take on Ben Simmons had me over here chuckling because it's literally it's literally the equivalent of picking somebody up off the street. Like we don't know what this man can do at this point. Like he might come back and have a jumper. We just don't know. So it's it's crazy to think about that. But as far as James Harden's side, uh I think that the 76ers will benefit from his positive energy because he wants to be there. We've seen uh an image posted on Instagram 
I don't know if you've seen it yet, but he was at practice just smiling. I mean, I ain't seen him smile like that in a minute. So, uh, you know, him being in the where he wants to be, I think that'll play a big part in his performance. Uh, you know, people like to question, uh, I guess, his efficiency and stuff like that and how much he wants to be there. Uh, because a lot of times when he doesn't want to be somewhere, his play kind of shows that. But when he is there and he's all in on it, you know, it kind of shows in his play as well. So I'm happy for that. And uh, as far as the net side, I I do agree that uh, they probably benefited a little bit more from this than the 76ers just because of the pieces that they got back. Um, when Kyrie uh, returns, I don't think you, you say he didn't play um, in the last game, but when he does return, it, it'll be just pieces everywhere and pieces that fit together. I feel like this is a better team than the one before. Yeah, and I won't say that Harden um, with the Nets was a bad fit because the numbers show that when they're all on the court together, they were able to produce. It was just the the fact that they couldn't get on the court together. I think they played, and I could be wrong. I don't want to say the wrong number, but I'm pretty sure they said um, those three only played 16 games together. You look at that, and that's just mind-blowing because how can't you – how can y'all only play 16 games when together when the when the trade went down, it was supposed to be that all y'all were gonna play together and go win a championship. So I don't I don't know. I I can honestly say that um I think Harden is happy to be in Philly because he was fed up in Brooklyn just for the simple fact that those three just couldn't get on the court together and they weren't winning any games. So I think um this was a good trade for Harden. Yeah, I I agree with you on that. Um, I think uh, as far as the trade goes for for both sides, I just think it's beneficial on both sides. And I think that um, I think this this plays a big part in both in every player's legacy that was in this trade, because, you know, with the big three forming in Brooklyn, it was so underwhelming and you were actually correct. It, it was 16 games that they played together. And like, I feel like for them to only play 16 games together and they really didn't accomplish anything. I mean, they made the playoffs and they made the conference, uh, conference finals, but you know, everybody expected them to be there if not further. Um, so I just think whatever move needed to be made, it needed to be made because as far as their legacies, the longer that that big three stayed together and didn't perform well, it was just going to make their legacies even worse. So I think the trade had to be done. And I saw uh, some information that said that KD was the one who sealed the trade, like telling everybody it was okay to do because there was friction amongst the three of them. And uh, well, specifically his relationship with James Harden. And that was shown during the all-star selections. So I think, for the both for both sides, it was best for them to part ways. Yeah, and I heard that, um, you know, I heard that before Harden even got to Brooklyn, like him and KD hadn't talked in years, so that was kind of strange to me. But um, yeah, I agree with everything that you said. Um, I also heard that you know him and Kyrie, James and Kyrie didn't, you know, they had they weren't really getting along. Um, towards the end of James's time in Brooklyn, 
And but so I'm just glad that this trade got got done. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that Ben Simmons made it out of Philly because if he'd have kept playing, it wouldn't have, you know, he wouldn't have been right. But um, so I, I think overall that this trade was 50 50 in that aspect. But um, I seen a video where I'm actually going to refer to two videos because I just seen one on Instagram. I seen uh, the first one on Instagram earlier, and I just seen one just now. Um, the first one, I seen Harden and Embiid were at practice working on their step backs. Could you imagine what? Could you imagine what could happen if Joel Embiid developed a step back? That would be ridiculous. Yeah, I just I get excited thinking about just what each of them could add to each other's game. Like as far as what Embiid could add for Harden in the pick and roll, like how do you guard a pick and roll in which you have one of the most dominant big men in the league right now, and then you got a lethal three-point shooter who can isolate whenever he feels like it. I mean, it's it's just it's going to be nasty, not even to include Tobias Harris on the wing and uh, Maxi. Come on, I, I, don't, I don't know, man. It's, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be a tough team to beat. Me either. Me either. I don't know. But um, the second video I saw, uh, Ben Simmons, I guess he's having his introductory press conference right now. And one of the um, media members asked him, does he plan on playing against the Sixers next month in Philadelphia? And his response was, I hope so. So that that, I don't know. This I think this is going to become a rivalry in some aspect because the tensions are just high. And I really do hope Ben Simmons plays against Philly because I want to see how they react to, you know, him coming back and playing for the Nets. Oh, I can tell you how it's going to go. He's going to get booed out the building, like literally. Like it's it's going to be so bad. Like, I mean, them people were bent. They've been done with him. And so the fact that he wanted to, he wanted to sit out and not play – uh, because you know he was unhappy and took like less money and all that. They they gonna boo him out the building. It's gonna be that's gonna be an event. I would equiv- I would put it as equivalent to when KD returned back to OKC after uh you know he had, didn't talk to Russ after going to Golden State. I think it's gonna be that bad, if not worse, because Philly fans they don't care. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's gonna be worse. I honestly think it's gonna be worse. Because of the the Philly fans, like you said, boy, I I can't wait till till that game comes. I'm definitely watching that game. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. But to uh, transition over, so another big trade happened and that I did not see coming, which was CJ McCollum to the Pelicans. Uh, I feel like this was something that I, I feel needed to happen. I think that, you know, the time with Dame and CJ in Portland, I think it's run its course. And I think it's time. It was time for something to change. But how do you feel about the move to the um, the Pelicans and more importantly, his departure from Dame? Um, and I won't spend too much time on this, but I think that um, the trade was good for the Pelicans because, you know, they got some assets. Um think it was kind of good for CJ McCollum too because he needed you know a new scenery 
in terms of, you know, having a fresh start. And I think that um, Dane, as far as him and Dane, they're going to remain friends. But I honestly think that Dane's on his way out of Portland, which could probably be a good thing for Portland because ever since they traded C.J. McCollum and Dane's been out, they've been balling, bro. Like, when I tell you balling, I mean balling. Anthony Simons has had two back-to-back 30-point games, and they just beat the Bucks last night. Granted, the Bucks didn't have Giannis, but that's still a big win for them because the Bucks still have, you know, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton and the rest of those guys. So I think uh, it was a win-win trade, another one-win trade for, for the both of them. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And um, just thinking about, uh, I guess, CJ going to the Pelicans. I mean, they have a nice young nucleus there. Uh, Brandon Ingram, who was selected to go to the All-Star game. And uh, I, I, what was that? Did he get selected this year? I'm not sure. Okay, well, previous years, he got selected so. to go to the All-Star game. And um, just, I mean, whatever Zion Zion becomes, I mean, we don't know yet. You know, hopefully uh, in shape is one of them. But um, uh, whatever he becomes, we, we don't know yet. So hopefully that works out right. well, and hopefully they can make a playoff push. I mean, they're not far out of it. Uh, the eighth seed right now is currently the Clippers, and they sit at 11th, which is um, they're 23 and 34, and the Clippers are 29 and 30, so they're about four games out. So hopefully they can make a push, but we shall see. Yeah, and they still got the play in, but we're going to see how that uh, that goes. So after this break, we're going to come back, and we got a new segment for y'all. We got a new segment for y'all, so y'all please stay tuned. So we can introduce this to y'all. And uh, if y'all like it enough, we'll continue to keep having it. But uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. All right. Welcome back to the Welcome to the World of Sports podcast. So we're known as the Welcome to the World of Sports podcast. And it's only right that we talk about other sports in the world. So during this worldwide segment, we'll take time out to talk about other things that's going on in the sports world. Not typical topics that you would hear all the time. So uh, let's get right into the first one. So Sean White placed fourth in the half pipe competition. Um, I know that might not be big news right now, but uh, this will be his final time competing in the half pipe competition. Uh, he's a two-time Olympic gold medalist. Uh, he holds the X game record for most gold medals, and he's known for his patent, patented double McTwist. Uh, me personally, I've been watching him uh, compete for a long, long time, ever since I was young, uh, and getting the Sean White video games, just playing the uh, Sean White skateboarding and Sean White snowboarding. It, it just, it was just always fun to, uh, you know, watch him compete. And uh, just to think that, you know, I mean, I was kind of sad that he didn't, you know, get a gold medal, but I'm happy that he went out, you know, still able to do his craft. And I'm just happy about that. So, you know, you got to applaud achievements like that, especially for longevity. I mean, he's not as young as he used to be, but he still goes out there and gives it his best. And you got to appreciate something like that. Yeah. Um, honestly, I haven't, you know, I don't know much about Sean White besides like, I remember him seeing him on ESPN, even, you know, when I was little. So I know that he's been around for a long time. I know that, you know, he does his thing when it comes to the X Games. I did see that he was retiring. So, you know, um, 
I just want to congratulate him on all the things that he, you know, he's done over his career, and I, I wish him a happy retirement because he is, you know, considered one of the greatest. Um, but uh, in other news, you know, Israel Adesanya defeated the number one contender in the middleweight, Robert Whitaker, for the second time. The first time he knocked him out. It wasn't really that type of fight the second time, but Adesanya still won by decision. Adesanya is kind of like if you follow UFC, he's widening that gap in the middleweight division. Um, honestly, I don't think that no one will be able to beat him for a while, but just because like he's so gifted at, at the game, he knows how to do so much that it's going to be hard to beat him. Uh, if you watched anything from the Robert Whitaker second fight, you know, the one that just happened, Robert Whitaker was trying to get him on these takedowns, but Adesanya was popping right back up. So um, he's, he's evolving his game a lot, and he has a wonderful personality that's going to lead a lot of people to the sport. And um, I just think that he's going to be running that middleweight division yeah, I, I agree with you on that. And like you were saying about personality leading people to the sport, I mean, it seemed like every time I go on Instagram or something and I see something that he's involved in, you know, he's showing that personality. And I feel like that is good for the, Uf, for, for the UFC because it'll bring more people to the sport. I mean, with UFC fighting, it's kind of like you like it or you don't. And it's it's like an acquired taste. And so I think having – Showing having their fighters show more character and stuff like that, I think is good. And um, as you were saying about him widening the gap, I mean he's just phenomenal, and it's 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 gonna be tough for anybody to try to take over that uh, that division. I mean that middleweight division, it's gonna be tough. So you're gonna have to come with your best stuff if you're trying to beat him for sure. That's facts. That's fact. You're definitely gonna have to come with your game because he's a bad man, a bad, bad man. Yeah. So moving on into the halftime show, um, I know this isn't a sports segment, but it was involved in sports. So we're going to talk about it in the worldwide segment. That's what this is for. Um, so in the halftime show, it headlined with Dr. Dre, uh, Snoop Dogg, Mary J. Blige, Eminem, and Kendrick Lamar. Uh, we talked about how excited we were for this uh, last week. And uh, now we've actually seen it into fruition. Um, it was a great show. Um, so, John, who do you who did you enjoy the most, and what were your thoughts from the halftime show? I probably enjoyed. Um, let's see. I liked I liked Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. Um, that at the beginning, their their performance was was good. I also liked the Fifty Cent Upside Down thing. A lot of people were wondering why he was upside down, but they never watched, you know, the video where he was actually upside down. So that was that was like kind of vintage. Um, Kendrick Lamar, but I think Kendrick Lamar's, even though he had like a little part, his his performance was my favorite. Um, Eminem had a good Eminem and Mary J also had good performances as well, but. Um, in terms of who I enjoyed the most, it would probably be Kendrick. I liked Kendrick. Um, that's kind of like one of the first um, few times we've seen Kendrick in a while because, you know, he doesn't really interact on social media. He ain't really been dropping no music. Um, 
that was that's really the only times we've we've seen him in a while besides that video with baby king but other than that um i just think the halftime show was good it, it was probably one of the best if not the best halftime show i've i've watched in terms of super bowl yep i i totally agree with that and um I also agree with your uh, take on Kendrick Lamar. Uh, I think that was that was probably my favorite part as well, just because I I love him as an artist, and you know he always brings the energy to his performances, so I enjoyed that as well. Fact. Um, I seen they had a meme of Fifty Cent. It was like Fifty Cent ain't Fifty Cent no more. He's a, he's a whole dollar now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I that seen that funny. too. They said yeah. they said it was uh cause of inflation. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I seen that. I seen that one too. But yeah, I just I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. But um, you know, moving on, a lot of um they've had a lot of stirring in the NFL this week with Kyler Murray possibly being unhappy in Arizona. He wiped out his social media with everything's Cardinals related from the bio to the picks to everything. And but you know, and then they one of the insiders from ESPN came out and said that a source within the team talked about how Kyler is immature, he's self centered, he's always one to point fingers. And Kyler kind of clapped back at that on um in a post on social media saying that he you know he he plays the game for the love of the game, for his teammates, and for everybody who's helped him get to this point. And you know, all he cares about is winning, so. Um, what do you think about this whole Kyler Murray and Cardinal situation? Um, I think that uh, I, I hate to see that he's kind of feeling this way right now um, because I feel like they're building uh, some things there in uh, Arizona. And uh, I just hope that I hope that it doesn't steer him too, too far away from the Cardinals. I, I like what they're building. I, I don't want to see it go bad, but if if he feels as though he will be better suited in different situations, I'm interested into seeing what situations he feels he will be better suited at because me personally, they built that offense kind of around him. So I think, I think as far as like chemistry with other players, I can understand that. But as far as other teams and him wanting to leave, I couldn't see it because that, that team is really built around him. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't. I just. I don't know how I feel about him and Cliff Kingsbury. I just don't think that's a good. You know. Um. Well, well, how would I say? I don't think that's a good fit. Like they don't fit well together for me. And King Cliff Kingsbury has never proven anything as a head coach. He's never really won anything. You know, significant in his coaching career. So. I don't understand how he was able to get that Cardinals job in the first place, but um, they better do something quick if they want to keep Kyler there because he's in the last year of his rookie deal. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know how it is. I mean, in, in this day and age, people don't stay places that they're not happy at. So and in his career, you know, every time he's left the situation, he's always kind of done better. I mean, for example, he started off at Texas A&M, then transferred to Oklahoma, and then – now I look at him, you know, he won the Heisman. Then, you know, he's going to Arizona. So, you know, you got to be real careful about situations like that. But um, moving on, 
Aaron Rodgers won another MVP. How do you feel about that? Um, I, I think, you know, the MVP is so watered down now. It's kind of like the Heisman where it's, it's mostly a QB award. But, um, I mean, he deserved it. He had a good season. Um, do I think anybody else was more deserving of that? You know, maybe Cooper Cup because, you know, he had a marvelous season. Tom Brady had a good season. So, you know, I don't know. I think it's more of a QB award now more than anything. I think the last person to win the award was Adrian Peterson when he had that 2,000-yard season. He was the last non-QB that won MVP. But um, in my opinion, you know, Cooper Cup should have been up for consideration. Um, Who else? Tom Brady and – you know, maybe T.J. Watt because he did have a good season with 22-and-a-half sacks, so I don't know. Um, I think maybe maybe Tom Brady, uh, I would have liked to see him winning on his way out um, because they did have a pretty good season. Uh, and then they had, a like, rolling in receivers. I mean, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a set receiver crew that they had all the time. It was kind of like he did that despite them having a rotation of receivers. So I would have liked to see him win. Uh, maybe, maybe T.J. Watt. Maybe I, uh, I, I kind of would have to dock him a little bit because they, you know, they they barely made it into the playoffs. So, and yeah, so I, I think I think I'm cool with him winning it. Uh, you know, I'm pretty much an Aaron Rodgers fan, so I'm I'm cool with that. <laughs> yeah, me too. I don't. I mean, I ain't I ain't upset about it, but uh, yeah, I'm an Aaron Rodgers fan too. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with him in the all season. But that's a story for another day. After this break, we'll be back to wrap it up with the Black Spotlight. And we, you know, give y'all who we think we want to spotlight this week. Y'all stay tuned. Stay seated. We'll be back. Welcome back, y'all. So, um, as y'all know, we always end an episode with the Black Spotlight. And so, for me, this week, I think my uh, I'm going to pay homage to the GOAT, you know, because I haven't done that yet so far, and I just can't believe myself. So, this week, my Black Spotlight is LeBron James. Um, LeBron, in my opinion, is the GOAT. All y'all know that he's my favorite player, but LeBron is from Akron, Ohio, um, he was born December 30th, 1984. He is a four-time NBA champion. You know, um, I want to say he is an 18-time All-Star. I, I think he holds the record for um, most consecutive All-Star starting uh, games. He's a four-time champion, four-times finals MVP, four-times uh, NBA MVP. He's an 18-time All-Star, like I just said. He's a three-time NBA All-Star game MVP. A 13-time All-NBA first team, a three-time All-NBA second team, All-NBA third team in 2019. He's a five-time All-NBA defensive first team. He's an NBA um, All-Defensive second team. He's the rookie, he was the rookie of the year in, 20, in 2004, rookie, All-Rookie first team in 2004. He was a scoring champion in 20, 2008. He led the league in assists in 2020. Man. This boy resume is ridiculous. 
Um, and, and it just goes on and on. And he continues to achieve greatness. Also, while being a, a you know an entrepreneur and having his um, you know his foot in other and other things as well as being you know an NBA player, one of the best. Um, he has three kids, and uh, I don't know. He and I I, I kind of commend him, and my respect grows for him even more because he's always been the one to speak out, you know, for his people instead of you know just taking a back seat like most of these you know um athletes and celebrities you see they don't really like to speak up on you know controversial issues because of fear of, of my of what might happen but lebron has never shied away from speaking up on controversial issues and for that i commend him for him for commend him for that so um that's my black spotlight for this week and if y'all have time this weekend he will be participating in the All-Star game in Cleveland back in his old roots. So y'all check him out. All right, y'all. For my black spotlight this week, I've chose Jamie Foxx, who is one of my favorite actors of all time. Probably my f- actual favorite. Um, he is an American actor, singer, and comedian. He won an Academy Award for Best Actor, a BAFTA Award uh, for Best Actor in a Leading Role in a Global a Golden Globe Award for Best Actor in a Musical or Comedy uh, for his work in Ray Charles, or it's just called Ray, actually. Um, he is known to take standout roles, um, just always making you laugh, always making you do, you know, always something to enjoy, something to watch. Um, some of my favorite movies that he's been in is Django. Uh, he even had a little... Uh, Little part in Dream Girls that I enjoyed. Um, he was in, I think it's called Power, Project Power, something like that. But yeah, just a bunch of different movies and stuff. Y- y- y'all, y'all know who Jamie Foxx is, but I, I love Jamie Foxx and um, not only for what he can do as an actor, but as far as what he can do in the music scene as well. You know, he's, he gives you a range of things to enjoy. So we all love Jamie Foxx, and he's just another one of our black pioneers who's breaking a barrier for more of us to do what he's doing. So I appreciate him. For sure. I'm a big fan of Jamie Foxx as well. Uh, he's funny. And I enjoy watching the Jamie Foxx show from time to time because that dude is just hilarious. Yeah. But um, that's all we got for y'all today. I hope y'all enjoyed the episode. We'll be back next week with more bangers. Uh, y'all just continue to keep supporting us, and uh, we thank y'all a lot. Uh, Braxton, got anything you want to say? Uh, I appreciate y'all for tuning in. I know we had a lot to unpack this week, but, you know, that's that's all comes with the territory. Uh, I appreciate y'all for sticking with us this long, and uh, we'll see y'all next week. Yes, indeed. Thank y'all. We out. <laughs>